0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're doing no-look dynasty evaluations on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Caven alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at RotoViz. Going back to a concept that we've done before, which I always think is pretty fun. Uh, but before we get into the specifics of that, Curtis, how are you doing?
2: Uh, doing great, man. It's my my baby girl's birthday today. Uh, middle child, she turned eight. She's the ray of sunshine in the household. Um just uh, every, every minute with her is a gift. So it's fun to watch her get excited and you know get her favorite meal for breakfast and dinner and uh open up all the little dolls and barbies and you know all you know all the what have yous for an 8-year-old uh, daughter. So that that was very nice.
1: Nice. It was actually uh my daughter's birthday last week. She turned 5. So birthdays all yeah. around. Good stuff. Lots of dolls over here as well. We actually did a uh, a Harry Potter themed birthday party is what she wanted which was uh pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that sounds great man. Your daughter has good taste. Um our our uh, Amelia is also into enough boy stuff um that it's not all forced, you know, bonding at the younger age. Uh she's super into gymnastics. She likes some of the Marvel movies which aren't necessarily my jam but I've I've learned to like them yep. uh because it's something that we can bond over so yeah.
1: Nice. All right. Well, on that note, I think that we can probably get into an FFPC stat attack. You want to hit that drop?
2: Oh, yeah. Let's go. All right. It's the FFPC stat attack. And tonight we're talking Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore, Dave, averaged 14 plus PPRs a rookie when seeing just five or more targets per game. I mean, that's so just pausing there. I mean, five targets a game is a very low bar to hit. Now, I think most people think of Rondell Moore's rookie season as mostly a disappointment. Uh we were thinking he'd be a volume hog in year 1 and you have DeAndre Hopkins missing a material portion of the season and Rondell still not getting advanced work and you know that that's pretty disappointing. Um and it's really it really goes down to I don't think Kingsbury and Murray really figured out how to use him in the offense yet. Uh his his average depth of target is Maybe the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So he only averaged 1.5 air yards per target. Dave, there are running backs that laughed at that <laughs> 1.5, wow. 1.5 air yards per target. That's pretty I've never wild. seen anything like it for a receiver. And, you know, so that's what really drove a lot of his inefficiency. He was basically forced to do everything um, after the catch and you also only have to defend a player one way when you know, they're never running, you know, further than five yards downfield. Um, however, you know, I do think that the table set form to be, uh, take a big step forward in, in year two. And, and I'll get into that a little bit in my article, uh, later this week, but you've got Christian Kirk on the way out. Uh, you've got both of the running backs, uh, James Connor and chase Edmonds, both are free agents. Um, I would expect at least one of them to be gone. And you know that the second round draft investment, draft capital investment in Rondale Moore, you gotta think they're gonna think of ways to to scheme for him. Now, he wasn't exactly a downfield target monster at Purdue either, but he was at least averaging ten or eleven, you know, yards per reception we can at least get him down on some seam routes. We can at least have him run a couple of slants here and there. We got to do more than bubble screens and, uh, and swing routes uh, out of backfield alignment for Rondale. So um, just a reminder that is the FFPC stat attack. I do manage Rondale more on multiple FFPC dynasty teams. You can play dynasty at my FFPC.com as well. And of course, don't forget about they're never too early best ball tournament dave my four drafts are advancing towards the the late double digit rounds and yes. uh it's, it's very exciting i'm about ready to enter another round of them i think because it's it's been uh very very fun uh i think you know even our discussion um earlier this week talking about how to play the quarterback position and you know the roster construction just everything is going uh crazy in, in my brain about best ball right now and uh I, I think we should probably draft one of these teams on the pod as well
1: Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Um, I have made my way now into the back half of the drafts that I had started up already finding it really interesting to see how things are shaking out. Um, I just wanted to share one note here on Rondell Moore before we completely move off of the topic. If you do do a similarity search, um, for Rondell Moore's rookie season, you do see some impressive names come up there like Deion Branch, Brandon Cooks, Alan Robinson, um, you know, lesser names, maybe Jamison Crowder. You also see a Devonta Adams in there and Michael Gallup. I bring this up just as a reminder that Rondell Moore was a highly sought after prospect, has good oh, yeah. draft capital. What's that?
2: I said, oh yeah. I yeah. mean, there's no doubt.
1: Right. We've seen other players recover from this. I think that that um stat attack is just super important in driving home why context is going to matter as we start to evaluate players this year because i think for rondale we're going to see him play that larger role and i think that it's still very much in play for him to become more like those highlights that you're going to see when you run a similarity search than the lowlights so i'm feeling pretty good about him um any closing thoughts on rondale though before i get us into the game we're playing tonight
2: no, we'll circle. We'll circle back around after the, the article right, drops. Excellent.
1: All right. So we have done this before. I really enjoy this. This is a no look dynasty evaluation. This is where I give Curtis the profile of a dynasty player. He has no background on the player before he arrives for the show. He knows Nervous. nothing about them. And he has to just purely react Uh, to the information I give him into how we should evaluate this player. Then we share the name after we've kind of broken down what we think from the profile and then we kind of bring it back. And I think that this exercise is more about evaluating the player for where they are in their career, what they've done, what it looks like they might still be able to do in the future versus being this particular name of that player. That makes sense, Curtis?
2: It it does. Um, I love man. I love games. I lose a lot of games at home because my wife is an ace game player. Oh, nice. And uh, but but I do enjoy trivia. That is that is one area uh, that that I do excel. So I, I'm excited to see what the the players are tonight, and I hope that I don't let you or the listeners down with my uh, value.
1: No, with no, my no, values on no. the player, no, you can't. You yeah. can't. Also, we're not uh, broadcasting on YouTube tonight, but I will say, Curtis, the look on his face is is one that does not have <laughs> the supreme confidence that he generally puts forth.
2: Uh, hold on here. All right.
1: all right, all right. So, I'm good. I'm the good. first player that we have is a wide receiver in his late twenties. In his career, he has had three wide receiver one finishes. Last four years, there's been a definite dip down. He's been either a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three. On a weekly basis last year, Curtis did not record a single wide receiver one finish. Now, he could be heading to a new team in 2022, doesn't profile as a player that needs to hold on to all of their athleticism. In his most recent season, 7.2 targets per game, just 0.2 touchdowns and 49 yards. I think it would be fair to expect that touchdown total to probably creep up. I would expect that regardless of where this player lands, they should probably still be around that seven targets per game number. And as I mentioned, this is the type of player that I have less of a concern about um, as they age than a type of player that relied purely on their athleticism. That's not too much information to go off of, But you probably, I wouldn't be shocked if you knew who this player was, Um, but let's think less about that. And just based upon what I gave you there, quick thoughts on if you're a dynasty manager, the profile of that player, what you should be thinking about it.
2: Okay, so it's a player who hasn't reached anything approaching his prior ceiling since twenty. 18. (laughs) So first off, that's ancient history. Um, Late twenties means this player is not going to, no matter how well he plays this year, uh, we're not going to see a value spike for this player ever again. Um, You know, at at best you're going to be maintaining value or maybe creeping around or two just out of, out of noise. um, If if there's a bounce back Um, man heading to a new team. So I'm going to, I mean, is it a correct inference that this player is a free agent or is it just like a rumored trade guy?
1: Yeah, no, it's a free agent. that, it's a that free does agent. affect,
2: it is a free agent. Yeah, okay. Free agent, yeah. So yeah, free, I mean, free agents are dicey. I mean, normally the later career free agent, wide receivers, changing teams uh, has not led to a lot of success. Now we've seen that trend reverse a little bit uh, in the last five or six years, you know, toward the end of his career. Brandon Marshall So wait, wait, hold on. Uh,
1: hold on. I actually lied. They have ahead. one year left on the contract. 2023 will become a free agent. However, though it does seem possible uh that the player actually could be getting shopped. I lied about okay. that.
2: Okay. That that's okay. So that's important. Um that's important. Okay. So the last four years has been a wide receiver two or three yep. staying on the same team as those finishes have occurred. Now I don't have any information about you know teammate context or anything like that. When we think about the role, seven targets a game, you know that's pretty good. Um, we're talking about a, a player that's you know very likely top twenty four in targets uh, in the league uh, with that type of of rate, low touchdown score, low mean low yardage, inefficient uh, inefficient player of late. Uh, Mike, I'm wondering. I'm kind of wondering if it's a player in a city on my sweatshirt here, Dave. <laughs> it just um, might
1: be. Yeah.
2: Is it, is this Jarvis Landry? It,
1: it is, is Jarvis, it Jarvis Landry. Landry. Yes. Oh it is boy. Jarvis okay. So,
2: so it's Jarvis, but I would have said that at maximum I wouldn't pay, you know, I would pay a, a rookie second for, you know, this type of player. Um, And, and I think that's probably right for, for Landry, but you may not even have to pay that in some, in some cases, it's just a, he, he was so rock solid for so many years and then finally gets that injury bug last season and everyone's like down on the Browns after they everyone's darling uh, the prior year. Now everyone's down on them. Baker sucks. The team doesn't know what they're doing. OBJ wanted out of town and got his ring. Like there's, there's not really any shine left on Jarvis Landry from a value perspective. So um, man, that was tough. At first I was like really racking my brain. Is this Allen Robinson? No, you know, he's been a wide receiver one in the last couple of years. Is it Manny Sanders? No, he's in his thirties. Um, so I'm glad you clarified that it's not a free agent. Uh, cause I, that was yes. really, that was, that was killing me. Yeah.
1: Yes. So this is, uh, Landry to me is an interesting player and I loved listening yeah. to the way that you navigated through the thought processes on him, because I think that As you mentioned, with how solid he had been for a very long time, it can be hard to detach ourselves from that. But if you just zoom out, player in the late 20s, hey, you talked about he's far from his ceiling. The chances of ever getting back there are really far away. That value sinking down. Then what I would layer on top of that is after you've kind of established those things in your mind, you start looking at more specific stats. This one is pretty mind blowing here. Even if you Mm. go back to 2018, Curtis, so we have four seasons here and you go into the player stat explorer, Jarvis Landry has put together a wide receiver one week in just 12% of weeks since 2018, a wide receiver two in just 20% of those weeks. So he's been a wide receiver three or worse, 68% of the time. So when you see that, that is a pretty easy way to digest the drop-off. That We have seen like a player in Landry. I think it's become scary when you have a player at this point that is likely to be on a new team, be it this season or next season, um, especially at that age. So to me, this is a profile now where we've definitely reached the And this is something that I think we've even talked about a couple of times already, where now there really is this shift in Landry's value, not only for redraft, but I think it also comes into play in Dynasty. Um, you had mentioned perhaps a uh, a second rounder. Now that we've talked about it a little bit more, do you still think that's appropriate?
2: Well, now that we actually know it's Landry, I, I just don't think you'll necessarily have to pay mm-hmm. uh, a second rounder. Um, I, I think he's a type of player that he he now shifts into the extreme startup value range where you're going to be able to get him in the, you know, 13th round or later of dynasty startups. Um, and he becomes kind of your just like utility flex player starting in all of your other players by weeks. He's, you know, some injury insulation, you know, perhaps he has a renaissance season and you, and you strike a little bit of gold, but he's kind of in like that Cole Beasley area mm-hmm. where like, even, even if he you know, we've seen Beasley perform at a very high level in terms of season end PPR rank in the last couple of seasons and it hasn't like bounced his value one lick. Um, And I think that's exactly the dynamic that's going on, you know, with with Jarvis at this point. So you can probably, man, I I bet you could get him during your rookie draft for maybe even the two twelve, um, I mean, maybe even a third, depending on an early third, depending on, on the other manager and and who they're going after. Um, So he's probably more valuable than what he's worth. Uh uh in, in those terms, but at the same time, I would understand people just not wanting a player like him on their roster at all.
1: Yeah, so definitely a, an interesting case there in Jarvis Landry. Again, I think it was more interesting and helpful for everybody just to think yeah. about the way that Curtis thought through this without knowing who the actual player was. Uh let's move on though. This one to me, is is the more interesting of the two scenarios or the two players mm. we're looking at tonight. So we have a tight end who pretty soon will be, and I'm trying to keep this not too specific. You can drill down after you get the original profile, is close okay. to entering okay. their second contract in the league. They're a team that's a middle-of-the-road offense, I guess you could say, but people have been hoping and expecting that this offense could kind of improve. Now, there's some questions at quarterback if they're able to address it in some of the ways that people think that they could we could see a significant upgrade at quarterback last year this tight end was a tight end 1 in 44% of games ranked 10 in targets at the position at the position already has two tight end 1 seasons under his belt if you are looking for a negative he is not a prolific touchdown scorer at this point even when playing a full 16 games has not scored more than four touchdowns in a season. So we have, in summary here, a tight end one that's on the younger side, uh, has yet to really approach the elite at the position, but in his young career has been pretty successful. Let's pretend that we're in an FFPC Dynasty League 2 with tight end premium scoring.
2: Ooh, tight end premium. Okay. Yeah, that's it's pretty juicy. I mean... So you've got a player that's already returned a lot of value on his rookie deal, two tight end one seasons. I'm not sure what round the player was drafted, but he's nearly entering second contract. So it's probably a player entering a mid round player entering his third season or, you know, a first round player, even entering his fourth season. Um, So man, yeah. Two tight end one seasons under his belt. Great. Tight end one in 44% of games. That's a really high rate. Uh, for tight end. There's also, uh, I guess on the other side of it, tight end one is a low bar to clear. So, you know, I I have two tight end one seasons under my belt. Was I tight end 11 in both of those? Was I tight end five, six in one of those? You know, have I do, do I look like a player that could bust into that Mark Andrews range for the next couple of years before a true, you know, full blown, blo- you know, breakout in my second contract? You know, so he was eight and 10. Eight and, 10. Eight and,
1: eight's, ten. Eight's eight and yeah, ten. Eight's pretty interesting. Yeah,
2: it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, is that is that in PPR? Or is that the tight end premium rank? That is in PPR. Just That's in PPR. PPR. Okay. In uh, yep. low low touchdown score, so I'm thinking decent yardage, decent. Oh, sorry, eight and
1: twelve actually. Eight and twelve. Eight and twelve in PPR.
2: Okay. I I have a couple of thoughts on who it might be, but I, I'll I'll save that. I mean, it's a pretty valuable player. I mean, I think in tight end premium, you're going to have to pay a first round rookie pick for a player like this. Um, And you're probably, you know, if you're going to convert another position into this, um, I mean, geez, you're, you're probably talking about a fairly valuable aging running back or a younger running back too. Um, and then, and then also, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe even a high-end wide receiver too. I mean, because the, the tight end premium just changes so much. So I'm gonna say, like in our Roto-Viz, uh fantasy football rookie draft guide for this year, in, in our in our uh, our tiers, you know, we in the first volume we had a tier break after the 107. Yep. And I'm thinking for a player like this, I'd trade. You know, if the player that I didn't want to drop to that one hundred six, one hundred seven range wasn't there, if it wasn't the player that I wanted, I'd probably consider trading one of the lower end picks in that that one B tier. So I'll say I'm going to sign a value of one hundred seven to this player. Dude, um, that feels like think, pretty
1: appropriate to me when I tell you that it's no offense. Oh no! F- okay, no. F-
2: yeah, I was wondering if it was. Uh, I, I figured it had to be him or Gasicki Gis- uh, potentially. Yep. Um, yes. actually feels better with with Fant because I, I sure. feel like Fant's situation could you know he's done it in spite of a lot of changes at the situation, but he probably going to have a better situation this year. I, I understand your comment now. Middle of the road offense that should improve on the Dolphin side. I was thinking, all right, well, is it McDaniel? bringing over like a different scheme, but it will actually mm-hmm. maybe not be better for the tight end. Well, I yep. think in Denver, you know, we're expecting them to get a quarterback upgrade. So right. um, yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, I would, I would pay the one Oh seven for Fant tight end premium.
1: Right. That so feels one right. of the reasons I wanted to bring up this example with Fant is I feel like transitioning out of that redraft mind state that some of our listeners might still have into a dynasty mind state it's going to be important because I know that some people were hoping for more from Fant this year than a tight end 12 finish. But I think when you look at this profile through his first three years in the league at the tight end position, this makes him a particularly intriguing player. So in a tight end premium league, like the 107, that's still a pretty valuable pick, which I think speaks to what he has done. And if I'm sitting here and I'm projecting Fant forward Thinking about some of these tight ends that are going to slowly step out of, you know, out of the top realm there, like Travis Kelsey, Um, you know, even to some extent, maybe you could you could throw in Darren Waller, um, you could throw in um, a couple of other names of players that might potentially fall out at some point. I think that Fant becomes pretty valuable. And to me, I'm not sure that we're ever going to see him crack into that elite sphere like a Mark Andrews, but I think he's going to be one of the, always the players that we feel is kind of in striking distance of being close to that, but sitting in that tier below.
2: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. You know, it's, it's probably going to be like him and Hawkinson in that range. Maybe, you know, maybe Jerry's still out on, on Gasicki. Maybe Gasicki sticks in that range. Um, I think that the danger with Fant and some people's mind, you know, those that were really banking on, Evan Ingram continuing his ascension after, you know, a positive first couple of years. And then we've seen that not really, you know, turn into anything. He kind of just has been floundering for a couple of seasons after that. You know, that's, that's probably, you know, the downside risk, but again, you don't really get burned. I don't think in Titan premium taking some risks on, you know, this type of upside play Uh, because let's think about who you could potentially get at that pick, you know, in an Mm -hmm. FFPC style league, all of the top three running backs will be gone. And so you're really talking about who's your wide receiver for um, at best is going to be who you're going to draft. And so you're not going to have access to Traylon Burks. You're not going to have access to Garrett Wilson or Drake London, most likely. So then it's, you know, who is it after that for you? And those players are all probably, I would say unlikely to outpace Noah Fant in production in their first year, at least plus then you get the 50% reception premium with Fant. And he's only what twenty three? Going to turn twenty four. Twenty four. He's twenty four currently. He's twenty four yep. now. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I I yeah, man, I I am reminded now of how much I I enjoy this exercise. And if we only had all the time in the world to go through the entire dynasty ranking set, doing this and going, you know, blind by feel, um, yep. you know, to est- to establish that initial value, and then and then you can just make some market adjustments for the name brand. Um, but it, yeah, this is very valuable and I think that we should continue to do this sporadically throughout the off season.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's a ton of fun. My favorite part though, is just watching somebody else walk through those steps <laughs> and see if, you know, seeing if they're hitting the notes that I yeah. would have, as I tried to think through it. So hopefully that is a helpful lens into the way that you can think through some of these things. And I also think that it was noteworthy to focus a little bit on Fant here. Um, a player that I do like, and I think that and I, know I, I know I recently said it, but if you're transitioning out of that redraft mindset into that dynasty mindset, you might want to give a little bit more of a thought to Fant because what he's done has been impressive. Curtis, we're going to be closing down here soon, but remind everybody why they should be super excited about what's coming later this week.
2: Oh, man, can't wait. So Thursday night live stream, Friday morning on the pod. Ryan McDowell of Dynasty League Football joins Dave and I for an episode of Dynasty Checkup. We're going to be looking at one of Ryan's Dynasty squads, one of my Dynasty squads, giving each other ideas on how to get them in shape for 2022, just like we did with Dave's squad last week. And I mean, Ryan's is uh, so sharp at this point. I mean, he's created his own Dynasty formats, uh, helped popularize the the Devi game that we love so much here at Rotoviz. You know. We literally have a coordinator of that department here, Travis May, who just loves mm-hmm. that game so much. Um, and you know, Ryan's one of the 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 more uh notable commissioners anywhere in fantasy football. And he helped to give me uh, you know, really my start in the dynasty side of uh, you know, fantasy football analysis. So uh always indebted to him for that. We've become good friends over the years. So it'll be fun to spend a little time with him actually talking shop for once, because we actually don't talk a lot about fantasy football when we get together these days. Um, so that's going to be fun. And Dave, I don't know, have you had a chance to uh, do a pod with Ryan before?
1: I have never had a chance. So I'm looking forward to uh, okay. getting into yeah, not, just not be- only just meet, not, not only just meet Ryan gets talking with him, but uh, pick his brain a little bit. Cause he has some interesting views on dynasty that I'm sure I haven't had enough exposure to, you know, kind of being yeah. in that line of thought that we have here.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's such a great guy uh, and just one of the nicest um, people that you'll meet uh, anywhere around. So join us Thursday night, 830 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Friday morning on Rotoviz Radio.